you can't hit what you can't see, right? So you've got to have a goal. But I was, mate, I'm 19 and I've got a kid. So I've got to start making big decisions, Chris, you know? But so I kept working these clubs and pubs and it was an interesting upbringing for me working through that period because I probably worked at some of the worst pubs in town. Uh, you know, I've lost an eye, a buddy was involved in a lot of incidences there. I was um, uh, one incident where, you know, somebody was killed and you know, we all had to stand on the trial. Unfortunately, the bloke's dead. I can't bring the bloke back. Yeah. But I've got to just buy nappies and some milk for my daughter, mate. You know, that That's was my heavy, job. man. That's heavy. But it taught us a lot of what not yeah. to do and what to do. You go home, eat, shower, you go and work in the nightclub, you're back there in the morning, it didn't matter, you know? But it was the greatest thing I ever did because it got me into event security. I started this company called ACG in 2001. And the reason I started that business, Chris, was because I was working for a lot of larger companies in the past and they promised me the world and they gave me the Atlas. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna start my own. That was in 2001 and I sold it in 2014. And you know, we grew a monster. We grew it with nothing and we went all the way up to, you know, just under 5,000 employees, over 100 mil. And then from event security, I built a great reputation with the AFL and I made some amazing contacts, which led me into running some of the biggest events in town, if not the biggest, from Com Games to Australian Open to everything you can think of, you know? That's crazy. The weather cold, the weather so chill, chilly, willy, penguin, feather rope. Hello everybody, with me today is Mr. Harry Corris. He was running a business with more than 5,000 employees, turning over 100, over $100 million. Harry inspires people to think differently and is now the founder of Life Worldwide, a boutique leadership and mentoring organization. Harry, thanks for joining me. <laughs> I didn't mention the company, but it was ACG Security. It was. Which was then sold um, to Spotless. So yes. get into it. Like, what's a bit of your story and uh, yeah, yeah, how did you yeah, start? Yeah. Well, look, Chris, thanks for having me. And, and, and of course, congratulations with everything you've been doing, mate, because it's, uh, it's inspiring, exciting, you know, and you're giving back. And that's something I love. You mate, know. thank so you. Well, you, I, uh, you know. I'm coming to interview you. You're giving me roses. I I'm love doing, it. I'm doing the reverse. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Answer the question with a, with a question. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, mate, look, I've been in the security industry all my life. Um, uh, you know, as a 16 year old kid, as we were, you know, gossiping earlier, mm -hmm. if you like. Um, and I started this company called ACG in 2001. And the reason I started that business, Chris, was because. Um, I was working for a lot of, uh, or a couple of larger companies in, in the past, and they promised me the world and they gave me the Atlas. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna start my own, you know? And uh, that was in 2001, and I sold it in 2014. And, you know, we grew a monster, you know? And, you know, we grew it with nothing. And we went all the way up to, you know, just under 5,000 employees, over 100 mil. And it was one of my goals, you know? Because I always say, Chris, you can't hit what you can't see, right? So you gotta have a goal. And um, 100 million was the time, and our story's a bit funny because, you know, I grew up in Brunswick with nothing, you know, no car, no house, no phone, and it didn't matter, you know, but what did matter to me later on in life was I've got to give back and create something for our community, and that, that's what we really were. We were one big family, you know, and we employed everybody you can think of, you know, um, colours, race, didn't matter, you know, we were all one big team, you know. So that was, uh, that was a long journey in only 14 years, you know? How did you even like, what was like the first step? Like, how did it even begin? Like, what was it like? How did you get that moment of like, okay, I'm gonna jump into security and, and start? Yeah, well, as a young kid, I was about 16. Uh, we were training at a gym back then in the Brunswick bars in Brunswick. And a friend of ours goes to, to myself and another friend of mine, who's worked with me forever and he's still a dear friend of mine, um, said, oh yeah, can you blokes fight? And we said, like, fight, what are you talking about, you know? <laughs> So you're going to fight, we need somebody to work tonight at a club. We're like, yeah, we're in, you know? Let's so, do this, we'll turn up. <laughs> whatever, mate, you know, young and silly, and if it's on, it's on, yeah. what are we going to do, you know? 
And uh, that's what happened. And uh, we went, um, we went to work for this club and we were standing on the back door and it was, you know, let nobody in the back door. You know, nobody's got to come in and you've got to give them stamps and a little pass out stuff back then. When you say back door, was that like, just like, like, like smokers or something? Yeah, People yeah. were trying to jump in? Yeah, well, yeah. back then you could smoke in the club. So yeah, it didn't yeah. matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> we stunk like ashtray yeah. going home, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was it. We went from the back door and I say this, you know, tongue, you know, tongue in cheek where we went from the back door to the front door, you know, that was the promotion, you know. And then, of course, um, that's you know, I'm 16, and then I'm probably nearly I've turned about 18 or whatever it was. I I met my uh, the love of my life, mate. You know, and um, six months later, whatever, three months later, it wasn't funny. Her guts is out here. She got a baby, right? <laughs> well, you weren't mucking around. I wasn't playing games, yeah. mate. We aim to please, right? So yeah. <laughs> there I was, mate. I'm 19, and I've got a kid. You know, so I've got to start making big decisions, Chris. You know, so. But I kept working these clubs and pubs, and um, you know it was uh, it was an interesting upbringing for me working through that period because I probably worked at some of the worst pubs in town, um, some of the biggest clubs and whatever. Uh, you know, I've lost an eye. I bloody was involved in a lot of incidences there. I was um, uh, one incident where you know somebody was killed, and you know oh. we all had to stand under trial because oh. you know it's none. Unfortunately, the bloke's dead. I can't bring the bloke back. Yeah. But I've got to just buy nappies and some milk for my daughter, mate. You know that was That's my heavy, job. Man. That's heavy. But it taught us a lot of what not yeah. to do and what to do. And then I got involved in events, you know, a little bit of football security. They said to me, you know, one night, you know, can you uh, work the security at the footy or something, you know? And I was like, what are you talking about? So there was, they introduced security to the football. I was going to say, like, who was they? Like, how did that opportunity it was another company. It was, a, it was another security company that we were working for. They had yeah. the contract with the AFL. It was one of the best things I ever did. And, and when I look back on it, I, I didn't realise it at the time. Was this when you were at AC? No, is this no. when you Okay, so this is when you was working. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going there because it was yeah. all day games. Yeah. There was no Colonial Stadium or yeah. Tosh, where they call yeah. it, Marble. There was nothing. And MCG, you know, that was it, you know. Other than that, every other footy ground was open. It was Saturday day, yeah. which worked perfect. Turn up there, I think it was 10 o'clock, you finish by five, you go home, eat, shower, you go and work in the nightclub, you're back there in the morning, it didn't matter, you know. So, but it was the greatest thing I ever did because it got me into event security, you know. And then from event security, I built a great reputation with, um, with the AFL, uh, and I made some amazing contacts, uh, which led me into running some of the biggest events in town, you know? Uh, if not the biggest, from Com Games to Australian Open to everything you can think of, you know? That's crazy. I do, yeah, I do remember seeing you guys everywhere at the Australian Open. <laughs> yeah, but... the Open, yeah, yeah. Funny enough, I'm back there at the moment yeah. doing some work. Yeah. That's brilliant, I think. Like how, like how did that whole transition? So you obviously you're working through. You start doing some events. Um, I don't. Know, you said you uh, were you doing Earthcore with this company. Yeah. That Earthcore probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. a bit later. Yeah, no, no, with them. Yeah. But and it was just that. Um, what's the word? As I, I think I say it this way, that that company. I enjoyed working for them. I never would have left. Yeah. To be quite honest with you. Uh, but the guy that we were working for was an ex armed robbery squad detective. Yeah. Set up a security company. Very old school copper rough, tough, all about pubs and, you know, crash and bash and kill everyone, you know, and their status was the, the worst pub in town for them was a trophy, you know? Yeah. Um, but what he didn't realise was that the damage it was doing to the troops and the trouble we had to mop up, you know? Yeah, okay. But hey, when you're young and silly, you just do it. Yeah. But what happened there was uh, we did the Olympic Games. Yeah. I played a massive role in the Olympic Games um, for the security part of it, it was huge. And then um, he promised me the world. Was this 2000 in Sydney? 2000. Yeah. So I spent 98, well, from 97 sort of all the way up to 2000 in Sydney, coming yeah. back and forth. And um, 
you know, at the end of it, when we sort of sat down and shook hands, maybe, as I said, he promised me the world, he gave me the Atlas, and I thought, you know what, see you later. I'm going, and I'm going to set up my own business, you know? And I did that in 2001, you know, March 2001. And then, so when you, when you started that, did you ever have any intentions to kind of start? Well, you said not really, but was it like a dream yeah, that you're yeah. like, I want to build 100%. this, or did that kind of, so it was no, always there? 100%, yeah. There was no doubt in my mind, you know? Yeah. I was very... Determined, and I'll tell you this, and people don't, a lot of people don't know this, but the reason we called it ACG was uh, a friend of myself and another friend of mine, Nick, who was my number one employee, employee 001. Um, for about three months, we worked at Nike when it opened up in the city. It was on the corner of um, uh, Burke and Swanston. You know, 2001, probably. You probably went. Nah, I was a young tagger. You probably, I can't remember. Your old man probably took you yeah. and bought you some yeah. soccer shoes or something. Maybe, yeah. But unfortunately, then there was a, a heroin a, a pandemic in the okay. city. Ridiculous. And if you ever read the Herald Sun, which is the Herald Scum, I don't really yeah. read it, mate. But, you know, there was a toll. There was a road toll and a heroin toll. Okay, wow. That they used to run a toll yeah, on. Definitely. So a lot of the old people would remember that. Yeah. You know? But we're at, uh, we work at Nike and they would give us, uh, you know, we're undercover. And the clothes they gave us to wear were ACG, all condition gear. So I said to my mate, because back then, you know, and you probably may or may not remember this again, it's good for you because you're a young bloke, but the yellow pages was a yeah, big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bloody robbers, you know. Yeah. That, so if you're at the top of the page, you know, you get more thing and whatever. So I thought, A, you know, A, letter A, we're at the top of the list and whatever. Yes, I heard that. They used to always yeah. do like A, 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 that's all the ACG. businesses are, yeah, yeah, okay. So they thought I was joking. I yeah. said, yeah, it's going to be ACG. Yeah. Don't worry, they're done. <laughs> so that's what we did, you know? Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so there was no real method or madness. Yeah. And there was no real planning in it. It was just bang, easy, acronym, done, you know? Fuck, oh, that's crazy. So, yeah. Even like, um, okay, going into all this, like, what's it? Because I know there's some people that would be listening here that, you know, are probably in a business and have got these dreams and intentions to, to go and start something. Like, what would, you, what would you kind of be telling them right now if they're, they're kind of stuck, they want to take mm. the leap, they, they're not sure? Because yep. I'm sure you even, when you were going to start doing oh. it, you probably felt oh. some sort of like, is this, is yeah. this going to work? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest things, I mean, if you talk about now, one of the big things now, and I promote this a lot and talk about this a lot to a lot of the companies that I, uh, I mentor, um, it's, you know, the old days when, when it was my days was the big that killed the small. Today, it's the fast that killed the slow, yeah. you know? So you gotta get moving. So my days, big that killed the small, today, fast that killed the slow. If you're slow off the mark, um, they got you. They caught up to you, bang. You know, we're, we're moving so fast today. And of course, you know, the argument is speed kills, right? But you gotta get, you gotta get fit. You gotta get fit mentally. You gotta get fit physically. You gotta be ready for this. If you really wanna do this, don't go sucking. You know, don't go curling up. Don't go running to mum and dad about, oh, this happened to me. And don't, don't worry about that because, you know, it is, it is a snowflake industry at the moment, the world that we're living in. You know, we can't say this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. There's a lot of barriers to entry, you know, but one massive lesson, uh, without a doubt in my mind, is get your money right. Get your money right, because why? You know, we, traditionally you get brought up saying, you know, money's evil, oh, it's, all about, it's not all about money. It's not, and I'm not telling you that it is, but let me make it very clear that money's freedom. You got no money, you're doing nothing. Yeah. I couldn't have got here today. You wouldn't yeah. be here today. We wouldn't be in this building today, right? Yeah. So when I set up my business, one of the things I probably didn't um, focus on at the start was the money. So that led me to go and broke twice. And I had clients like Coca-Cola. When you say, when you say, when you say- I ran out of money. Okay, and was that because 
you were sitting there like when you say weren't focusing was it like oh well, I don't really kind of give a fuck about it or like yeah, you weren't really watching like, where no, you were spending it, like, it like what was no, the no 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 spending like no. that it was we put everything back into the business yeah. but or maybe was, you're spending it wrong no you know no. what it was I didn't I didn't manage I didn't understand it I thought yeah. well I'm, I've just done this job for you yeah you're going to pay me on, you know, you're going to yeah. pay me within seven days. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. I'm paying you within 60 days. I'm paying uh, you within okay. 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? I've got a payroll four to eight times before yeah. I receive one cent. Yeah. Well, and then I started to realize that my clients were not going to act as a bank for me. Yeah. But of course, in the reverse, I was acting as a bank to them because they would string me out. I didn't understand finance. So, you know, and I think that's very important today. And today you can go online and learn anything. You know, and understand that from here it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And having, you know, back then you level a relationship with the bank manager, where today it's not like that. You've got to go through yeah. a credit thing, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you know. So, one thing for sure, get your money right. When you say you went broke twice, like yep. what, what happened? Ran out of money. Yeah, and Just, then how would you like, say, so you had these clients. Huge so clients. What, 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 what yep. did you do? Like, so, then you... I, um, I brought in a CFO yeah. who then um, understood cash flow. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's probably the key word, you know, it's like that cash is king, well, cash flow is king. Because if you don't know where your money's coming in from, where's the penetration, what's going to happen, you know. I'll give you an example, you know, the Australian Open, as we're talking, the wages for the Australian Open, just for the week for the Australian, one week was 1.2 million. Wow. Now, if I didn't cash in, have the money ready just for that, amongst a million other things that we had on, I'm gone again. Yeah, wow. So we, we planned it. Yeah. You know, you go to the bank, you have a conversation, we introduce factoring. Yeah some private lending, whatever it took to, to, to get it over the line. Because number one, troops have got to eat, mate. Troops eat first. So we can't pay the people. Yeah. And we, I'm on, I, yeah, I always say this, fun. Chris, I wasn't in the security business, I was in the people business. Yeah. Very different. No people, no business, right? Yeah. So how am I in security? Security is what they do. Yeah. But I'm in the people business. I've got to make sure they were right and ready to go. You know? yeah. So yeah, it's very... Wow, that's crazy. Um, even like, what, what else would you say is like something really big for someone that's looking to kind of kind of start out, um, you know, even just, I don't know, just to take the first step or yep. even if they've just taken the first step, like what should, what should they be doing to, you know, try and generate some yep. business or, or whatever yep. it is. Massive thing is uh, uh, um, networking, you know, meet people. Look, I've got a, it's not my saying, there's a saying and they say lots of people meet, very few connect. So we could meet, I could meet and say, okay, Chris, thanks mate, so I'll never speak to you again, yeah. right? But if I want to dig, dig deep and connect, Who's your father? Was this? Why here? Why the real? Why that here? Yeah. Why this cameraman? How'd you do this? Yeah. You start to work out there's something in there that we may know. And you said Peter, Sam, whatever. We start joining dots. Yeah. And I said, oh, gee, I wanted to meet Peter. Would you mind organising a coffee? Bang. Yeah. And then Peter says, mate, let me introduce you to my mate John. Bang. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't do that. They curl up because today, unfortunately, we live in this online world and we panic. Yeah. A lot of people panic and they're not sure and they're not. What if I say this? How can I do that? So. Meeting, connecting, huge, and communicate. You know, get your communication skills right, you know. Speak, speak the way you should be spoken. And I told you earlier, I was fortunate enough to work with one of the biggest Hollywood stars in the world. I never heard him drop an F or a C or anything like that. And I introduced that into my business a very, very long time ago because I was pulled up about it, um, swearing and carrying on. It's easy to swear. I can F this, F that, F this. It's easy not to swear. It's, it's hard not to swear. Yeah. And it's a discipline. So if you discipline yourself to set up this business, add that into your discipline box everywhere you carry it around. You know, you carry a toolbox to work, mate. You have to. No matter what business you're in, we all take a, a toolbox to work, right? 
It just matters what's in there. Are they sharpened, those tools sharpened? Is your mind ready? Are you going? Are you hung over the night before? Are you, are you doing things you shouldn't be doing? Reputational damage. So if you really want to do that thing, are they going to really trust you? Why should I trust you, you know? Uh, why should I sell my house with you? Am I really going to get the best deal? Am I, there's a stigma, you yeah. know? There's a stigma in the security industry, there's a stigma with you blokes, you know, there's a stigma everywhere. Yeah. So. Well, 100%, I'm more curious. Like one thing that's really got me, like you were able to, you know, build a business with over 5,000 staff members, which is insane. But add on the fact that you security guards, mm. like, dealing with like interesting characters mm. and you know and then obviously having to deal with all these issues that that are, that occur like you know we discussed off camera which i, I really want to get into because i know we just we just touched the surface of it was you know you started when you started and then the drugs came in mm. um, and you had to navigate this whole new thing of party drugs and everything that's going on blowouts and yep. you know you mentioned deaths and yeah you know, to me that gives me bloody anxiety like yeah, I, I think yeah. what i'm bloody doing on the front lines <laughs> are bloody tough like yeah, yeah it's insane yeah. so yeah. i feel like there's just a whole nother level that that is on top of what you're doing and you know for you to just completely destroy that industry and you know mm. do what you've done is amazing so like yeah, yeah i really love to pick your brains about it all yeah it's a bit i mean look we went from as i was saying earlier you know the from the alcohol uh, drama, you know, to then this new thing called ecstasy, these pills arrived. I mean, cocaine was very low, a, a rich man's drug back then, and, and you knew who and why. But, um, and you know, speed and a few other little things. That were early 70s, 67, you know, all that, right? But when these pills turned up and these events started to kick in and people didn't really know what they were, okay, the crowds become placid and different and, you know, more lovable and whatever. But if you took this and it was wrong and you didn't understand that and the, the police, were, the authorities were trying to work it all out. I'll give you an example. We had a massive dance party at a country town. Um, it was huge. And we would always speak with the police and communicate and do whatever. But on this occasion, they did a, uh, what they wanted to do was a, a huge uh, drug bust at this event, right? So they didn't tell anyone. This is a country town and we're there, people lining up to get in and all of a sudden, there's 300 coppers, pad dogs, lights, camera, action, bang. You know, all these kids are standing in line. What do you think they're gonna do? They start popping yeah, all these pills. Oh so we had like 30, 40 overdoses, oh helicopters, hospitals knocked out. It was an absolute disaster. And I can understand they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But that's not the way we we're gonna manage this problem, yeah. you know? And then of course, wow. we're the people pushing the drugs, you know? Uh, so we're dealing with everyone. We're dealing with the event organizers, the people pushing it, the people taking it. First aid, not trained to deal with these problems. Our guards not trained to deal with these problems. Trying to save, you know, your life, his life, her life, you know. Become very interesting. And we had to get educated very quick about that this is the new norm. Are we accepting it? We're not. How are we going to deal with it? Give them water, don't give them water. Overdoses, how do you deal with them? They're not. It was very, very tricky, but we educated ourselves, you know, to, to, to be able to deal with it. Hence why, you know, if not all those events come to us you know, to protect them. That's crazy. And yeah. um, what did you find, like, obviously then, you know, trying to handle these situations with security guards? Obviously every week you'd be, I don't know, there'd be something every day and there'd be something that's, that's going on. Like, what was like a thing, that, how would you, I don't know, build rapport with, with your guards yeah. or yeah. like what was the, how would, you, like, how would you navigate all that? The good thing about us was the business was built on uh, family and friends initially. 
So you can argue it would work for us. So Chris would know two blokes, that bloke would know three blokes. So along the journey, the, the dots would join. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> back to someone that yeah. we know. Yeah. And one of the big things was turning a security guard into a manager. Yeah. Turning a security guard into a leader. You know, so we started to introduce leadership events where we would bring them in. We want to talk about security. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, the bomb's going to go off. It's going to go off, mate. Yeah. Let me tell you the hot tip. Everyone's going to run. Yeah. No heroes. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. But the, the thing we had to start teaching them is to be leaders. We respected all religions. So there was no reason for you to say to me, oh, but this, but that. So we would put on halal food for our Muslim guards, Indian guards, vegetarian. The Aussies, you know, the Wogs, we'll just have a sausage. It didn't matter what it yeah. was. Different barbecues, different way of doing business. But don't pull that on us. Don't yeah. pull the race card on us. Don't try to do this on us. Don't, don't say that on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but we worked very hard with them. And as I said to you earlier, you know, our, we weren't in the security business. We are in the people business, you know. And we worked very hard to make them. We didn't get it always right, you know. But we were a company of choice. People would line up to work for us. They loved working for us, you know, and we would, re we would reward people, you know, handsomely, you know, look after them, love them, care for them, you know. I knew, mate, 80, 90% of my staff by first and second name. I knew your birth, I used to write birthday cards to them, you know, Chris, how's the real estate keep selling, yeah. whatever, you know, keep the cameras rolling, Johnny, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. But it all made sense, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so, but again, going back a little bit on what you said, you need courage too, mate. You know, the old saying, you need balls to do this. Yeah. You know, it can't be a sook. If it's yeah. on, it's on. Yeah. Not on physically. Don't worry about that part. But yeah. this is business. Mm. You know, this is business. This is about you. you I'm responsible to feed, you know, 5,000 people. They've got mortgages. It makes me proud to see people. No, I just, you know, I'm going to a shopping center. I'm in the city. And I run into people that have got their kids. And they're, oh, brother, hugs and kisses. There's no one that says a bad word, but they love us, you know. Yeah. I've got my house. I've got my car. I'm excited about that, that we gave them that opportunity. Because... In the end, it's nothing sexy. You're a guard. Yeah. But it's how you perceive that. It's how you, you know, uh, and how we introduce you to the market, you know? So that's insane. And mm. um, f for yourself, like, what was your, what was your first big client? I, and how did you get it? Yeah, I'll never forget. The biggest opportunity that I got was, um, and I always, always mention him and always give him a plug. Do you remember called Ian Collins? He was then the AFL operations manager. I met him at Carlton Football Club and, um, I, I built a reputation with him and a, and a relationship with him, and then he became the CEO at Colonial Stadium. Yeah. And uh, they were having some dramas, and he rang me up, so we had a cup of tea, had a conversation. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He says, I know you're Harry the Horror, because you can get the blokes. That's no problem. And he says, how much money you got in the bank? I goes, oh, well, mate, you've gone to the bank. Oh, 50 bucks, I don't know, what have I got? Nothing. <laughs> Broke, right? He goes, well, Channel 7 own us, and they're going to go through your books. They're going to, and financially, you're a risk to this stadium. So it was, a, it was a real hard meeting to have, to walk away thinking, well, what am I going to do? Go and lend money, put it in my bank account and fake it, you know? Yeah. And I said, look, mate, I might not have anything in the bank, but I've got more in my heart than any, any, anyone that's going to present to you here. So he couldn't put a number on that. He said, listen, son, um, I'll let you know what's going to happen. And you wouldn't believe this. He rings me up through, halfway through the season. This has never happened anywhere. So imagine halfway through the season, halfway through the football season, he sacks the biggest security company in the world at the time. Right. Sacks him. Rings me, what are you doing? You start on Friday. Yeah, old school. Yeah, you start on Friday. And this was Tuesday. So here I am telling the boys in the office, they wouldn't believe me, they're laughing. They're kicking a soccer ball in the office. They're not going to laugh. I said, listen, we're starting on Friday, man. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah. What are you having for lunch, mate? You know? said, listen here, mate, there's no eating. It's on. So we started. That was our biggest and first start. 
And then straight after that, uh, and God bless this fellow, another guy, Ronnie Griffiths, he passed away. He rung me up and said, ring this bloke. He's the security manager of Coca-Cola. He's not happy. So I rang him up, very similar story. He said, eh, man, I never heard of you. I said, well, who are you? What have you got? You got nothing. When I did a small presentation to him, he had a bit of a giggle. I knew he was having a laugh at us, you know. And then um, I think it was less than 24 hours later, he rings me up and he said, listen, I need four blokes. Can you send them to me straight away? I said, yeah, done. This was for Coca-Cola. At the time, the biggest brand in the world at the time, you know, second to Apple, then Apple took over. <clears throat> so here we are, a couple of blokes out of Brunswick, you know, Brunswick High here, eight, 50 bucks in the bank, got the biggest stadium in town, the stadium to be, you know, when yeah, it first yeah, opened, yeah, of oh, the roof closes, yeah. you know, look at this, you know, <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> and um, Coca-Cola, but when I went to Coca-Cola, it's a funny story, you'll like this. When I went there and he said, well, there's a line here, this is Coca-Cola, this is John Holland, old building, you know, he goes, your bloke's gonna stand here, He's not working for Coke, he's working for them, mate. If you're going to tell me I was going to work, tell the world that I'm working for a builder, yeah. I'd be dreaming. I said, I'm yeah. working for Coke. Yeah. So I started telling everyone. Yeah. The funniest thing about it was that it became, it became real. Yeah. And we went from one guy working there for making 70 grand a year to nearly 500 people. Wow. Uh, I think it was like four years later, you know, turning over about 14, 15 million from Coke, you know. All on the phone call, all because... And I use this saying a lot, Chris, and that's if you, you know, hesitation is the thief of opportunity. Don't hesitate, mate, you know, go, have a go. Going back earlier, what you said, you know, giving some advice. You can't be half pregnant, mate. You either are or you're not. Yeah. You're having a go or you're not. You can't step in the ring for a title fight and run away, can you? No. So it's either you, you know, it's happening or it's not happening, right? And in my business, there was no doubt in my mind, we're going to be 100 million, this is what's going to happen. But one of the toughest things, and you've probably experienced this, right? is your friends and family, you, first you gotta realize you've gotta pay them as well. So they're coming and hang in there a bit more, yeah. you know, but they yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. of course, right? Yeah. Because they're not doing your favor, yeah. right? Uh, the favor's sort of <laughs> running thin. But then you gotta discipline these people and what you want and what they want are two different things, right? So you're going 100 miles this way, then you realize that you have gotta keep going back to collect people. That's when you gotta start making a decision. Am I gonna keep going backwards to pick these people up or are they gonna get educated, fit, able, capable to come? And, yeah. and believe in this dream, you know? Yeah. Because in the end, it's your dream, and you need to share that vision with everyone to come along on the journey, right? But they were my, going back on it, they were my two biggest clients. I mean, what bigger um, marketing could I possibly get? 60,000 people that it became Telstra Dome. Yeah. Everyone's like, wow, who are these guys? Boom. And I made it sure that I had the biggest writing in the back, you know, ACG. Yeah, everywhere. the fluoros. You can't miss them. can't miss them, mate. Just ask us, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that, you know, um, and that, that was our big, that was it. And then yeah. people started to say, hey, listen. But I had a, a great network and a good reputation and people would bring me for lots of things. But one interesting thing about Chris was when I started my business, I vouched to never do a pub or a club again. So I did no pubs or clubs. That Why? was it. So 2001. So when you got into it, so, so you launched it, you just said, I'm never doing never this again. again. So how did you, like, what were you, like, what did you start off with? Like, just events. Events. events okay. And, and okay, wow. Well, okay, That's so it. you just went for it from the start. That's it. And why did, why did you say you don't want to... Oh, it was just that it had reputational damage. Yeah. But funny enough, I never forget talking to a, a, quite a large CEO who said, so you don't do any pubs or clubs, he goes, but let me give you the hint. You do the biggest pub in town, and that's Friday night at Telstra Dome. It is, it's one huge yeah, pub, you know? Yeah, yeah. I said, I've never looked at it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's true. But, <laughs> that's you know, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of laughs, a lot of good times, you know? We're blessed, man, toured with a million bands, and we learned, we met everyone and did it. Everything you can possibly think, every event, 
you know, it was amazing, you know. How did you, they obviously had trials and tribulations trying to get these clients, you know, you reached out to them, yes. got rejected, reached out to another one, got rejected again, and I'm sure there was a hundred, oh yeah, thousands more yeah, yeah, that yeah, in yeah. the middle of that that you didn't get and then Absolutely. eventually you did get down yep. the line yep. like how were you dealing with that what were you telling yourself every day yeah. because that yes. tough rejection very and, and i'm glad you mentioned it because three of our biggest clients in the end took me five years to go back and get them again yeah you know one was melbourne airport uh melbourne ports and another one called patrick's you know patrick stevedoring all the big all the um big uh, container ships and all that and I'll never forget, sort of, when I went back to them, we, we, we were bridesmaids, so we were second in all three. But when we went back, we had a story to tell. And the lesson in this, Chris, is that a lot of people will say, oh, well, it's not coming up for another five years. Well, it's too late if I call you in five years. Stay in contact, stay in, learn, you know. Uh, I traveled the world, I went around the world and, and, and learned different things and brought them back here. World's best practice. So when I went and tended again for these jobs, I had more money in the bank, I was more mature, I was fitter, smarter, better, ready. So the story I was about to tell them stuck. Hence why I won all those three contracts five years later. And you know, that was over $50 million worth of work. You know, so it took us from here to here very, very quick. Mm. You know? But what was like, um, like for example, let's just I don't <laughs> use one as an example, the Melbourne airport, like why didn't you get it first time around? And like, what do you feel was different second time around? Like, were you building a relationship with that person where you'd contact me, hey, what's going on? Let's go for a beer or hey, or how, yeah, what were, what were you doing? We, we, well, it, it was a little bit of that, but we told them something that nobody else did, you know? And one example, I'll give you an example of the Melbourne airport. And this is why a lot of people don't go in there thinking different, right? And I mean, you could have been just a normal real estate bloke. Yeah. Just like everybody else. Why are you? Well, this is my story, bang, right? Yeah. We went in there and said something completely different and it was really interesting because they said to us initially, you, you, you don't do any airports, therefore you can't tender for this. So I said, okay, well, just entertain us. Just let us learn. Don't let us tender this, let us learn, you know? And I'll never forget they did this presentation and, and in short, the presentation was about the Melbourne airport experience. So they had this beautiful bloody um, video that came on and it was, uh, they called it from the tarmac to the tuller. So you got off the tarmac, you know, they, get, they made it look seen. There was no Ubers, it was just up in the cab, right? And it was like, see you later. But at the end of the whole thing, yeah. what I picked up on, nobody else did in that room, um, or we did, our team, um, was that they didn't have the tuller to the tarmac. It was nice for you coming in, but on the way out, it was like, yeah, see you later, mate. We don't care about you. So I mentioned it. And the bloke said, what do you mean? I said, well, why have you got it only one way? How, do you, how would you like it to look on the way out when I leave, when I leave Melbourne? Didn't think of it, you know? So we got an opportunity to, um, to tender. Okay. And oh, so that was your, wait, so you were just going in to learn. Learn, learn, learn. And then you said that and then they gave yeah. you the opportunity. You said, you know what, throw your tender in. Wow. So we threw the tender in. Good. Not only, wow. not only did we really tender, good. but we won the Melbourne Airport Award twice. Okay. Above all the airlines, above, I didn't realize how big this award was. <laughs> Why, Chris? Like, here's the award, everyone's yeah. like, hey, you're like, yeah, this is another one. Because you know, we had this shoot job, we had a shoot job, we were parking officers, we were yeah. the land side, yeah. land side security, you know, which was, you know, you're getting dropped off, you're going, you're going to Greece, you're going on your yeah. holiday, and we're there going to move the car, mate. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah, yeah. we're the assholes. You're those guys. Yeah, 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 those guys, yeah. those guys. But what we did, we turned it around. So instead of just kicking you out, what we did is we got your luggage out of the back of the car. There you go, mate. Oh, is that mum? Yeah, good luck. Oh, where's your son going? Ah, uh -huh, start a conversation. Well, your mum's the CEO of Telstra. She says, I've never experienced that. 
She goes home, she gets on the phone, rings the PA, send an email to Melbourne Airport, tell them this, bang. Not once, we would get this every week. Every week, you know, we saved lives, we had dramas at the front, we had a million things. But we took it on, we loved it, we cared, we loved it, you know, and I saw, but I'd go there in my uniform. I'd be with the troops. I knew that December's chaos. Look, this airport now, they don't care, no one's there. No one's rolling up their sleeves, the yeah. senior executive, no one. No one's interested to provide a solution, right? So that's what we did. But yeah. that's just a small example and hence why we were there for a long time, you know? And that's mental. Um, what, were you, what were you telling yourself daily? Because I'm sure hey, there were days where you were looking up like, where the fuck am I going to pull out the next dollar from? What am I going to do? Yep. You know, and you're just beating yourself up. You're in your head. You're just, you're just smacking yourself. Like, like, what were you telling yourself daily? How were you getting through it? Yeah. You, you know, yeah. What well, you know what? I always say this, you know, every day is a good day, Chris. Some are just better than others, you know, yeah. and um, somebody's not eating today, mate, you know. Yeah. Um, and I use that a lot. And I um, not telling you the most religious bloke in the world, but before I eat, I always do my cross. And, you know, I've had some of the biggest of the best say to me, well, jeez, wow, you know, religious, mate. So, yeah, religious, mate. I'm just happy that I've got something to eat. And that's how I treated my life, that somebody today is doing it a lot worse than me. What an environment that we've got. You know, look at the clients we've got. Look at the people we're, we're serving. Look at the people we're eating with. Look at the, look at the things we're doing. It's going to get tough, but hey, you know, it's not supposed to be easy either, right? Easy, everybody would do it, yeah, it's you true. know? But the, one of the key things was we brought a lot of people along for the journey, you know? Uh, another big thing we did is we broke bread. You've got to break bread, mate. You know, you eat at home, eat on the table. Well, I do that at home with my family, the kids. My daughter's 28, my son's 23. There's, there's no negotiation. We all eat at the table. Human beings at the boardroom. You know, how's your day, Chris? You know, what's going on? La, 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 la. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just those little things you don't take for granted. We never got arrogant. We never, we never treated anybody any different. Didn't matter who you were, what you were. Equal, mate, you know? But we had a job to do. That's amazing. What, what has separated you from the rest? Because I'm sure there's been a million security companies yeah. that have come through. <clears throat> like, what has really made you stand out? I think one of the big things for us was that I was on the ground. So when I'm talking to the client, I, I'm, I'm talking from experience. I'm telling you, it's like this, it's wet, it's cold, it's windy, it's, it's night. It's, I'm not telling you from a textbook. You know, I'm not an investment banker. I'm not somebody that just thought, oh, I've got some money, let's set up a security company, like a lot of them did. It doesn't work like that, you know? So I think that gave us a huge advantage but I also had to educate myself to become literate with those conversations with the corporates, you know, because uh, I, I couldn't talk to them like a security guard, you know, about what's going on in the security industry. They don't care. So I, I would always educate my read the Finn Review instead of reading the Herald, Herald Sun. I want to know what my clients are doing. What are they buying? What are, what's next? What's the next big thing? What, what makes them tick? You know, how does this share thing work? What, how does this all operate? You know, it was all new for me, but I learned. I learned very quick. So I was able to have intelligent conversations with them. And then of course, introduce security methods that they never would have thought of to their organizations, you know, to protect their brand. E.g. the Melbourne airport. Yeah. Situation. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else, like, was there any other, like, uh, I don't know, was there another, I don't know, just something, something cool, like something like <coughs> that, just a little tweak on, yeah. on something that you... Uh... Oh, look, um, becoming the biggest major event security provider in Australia was big for us. Um, everything from, you know, the, Australian Open to the VRC, you know, Spring Racing Carnival to all the cool bands and all the cool things we did, the outdoor fest, all that stuff, yeah. you know, that was all good. Um, claiming that title was big. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we becoming the biggest border protection company in Australia was huge. 
you know, we protected more border than anybody else. So that was all the ports. So we had every yeah. port in Australia. Um, huge, huge things like that. You know, sometimes a bit hard to explain them, but um, yeah, they were big responsibilities. Put it that way. You know, how um, did you how did you go from five staff to fifteen staff to thirty staff, fifty <laughs> staff, a hundred staff, a thousand staff, two thousand staff? Like, how did you? How did you find that and like what yeah. challenges, like what was, I don't know, was there a specific challenge that you faced at every hurdle that you had to overcome or were they always different? Yeah. Or like, is there, I'm sure, is there many differences from going to 10 to 2000? Like, yeah, there is. I mean, look, there is in terms of infrastructure and administration, but the formula of looking after the people never changed. You know, we treated you the way you treated us. Our clients, we were there to protect your brand. That never altered. Uh, and we didn't put up with, uh, with bad behaviour, you know, we didn't put up with egos or people, our management team treating anybody any different, you know, you were treated uh, with respect and love and care and, you know, but, you know, we grew that, we grew through um, reputation, you know, people would come and work for us and, and if we're planning for, for, for a job, I'd already be nominating the people that I know will be running that job, okay. you know, so yeah. yeah, investing back in our people, huge. What makes a great leader? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, number one, I think is a great leader leads, I'm a believer that you lead in the middle. You know, why? People say, well, well, you can see what's going on in the back. You can see what's going on in the front. I think you're at the front, you can't see the back. And if you're at the back, you can't see the front. Yeah. So if you're right smack bang in the middle, you know, um, you know leadership um, is, is having the courage, having the, 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 the courage to, to tell the truth to motivate, to educate, um, to be part of it, you know, um, love it. You gotta love it. Yeah, you, you can't just, you can't just turn up, you know. I talk about a, a good friend of mine, Robin Sharma, who I had the blessings to meet. You know, he talks about it, LWT, you know, lead without a title, you know. So a good leader, you don't need to be the CEO, the general manager and whatever, be mate, you know, so. And a lot of people forget that. People want the title to be the leader. You don't need that. You've got to have it inside you too, you know, you've got to lead. And, and in, you know, put it to you this way, in our industry, you're leading fun, you're leading good stuff and that. But let me tell you, <coughs> when the shit hits the fan, you need a leader. You need someone to make these quick decisions, quick, because mm. people are getting hurt or something's happened, major. You've got to make those decisions, bang, 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 a kid's missing. You know, you get your kid missing, a frantic parent. What are you going to do? You've got to lead. You've got to lead that operation to find that kid. Now, the, the kid with the white T-shirt, well, there's 50,000 of them. Yeah. How? Why? Yeah. Just give me a small example. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Are people like? Do you think people are born leaders, or can they be trained? Like, is it a, is it a natural ability, or? Yeah. I, look, a lot of the times I would I used to think you were born with it for some reason. I don't know, and and it comes up with your upbringing as well. But then again, if you join an organisation, and I treat this no different to the defence force or the authorities, a lot of those kids that are in there, they've never had a fight in their life. They've never seen blood in their life but they're educated and taught that this is how it is. And I believe the same with, the, um, with leadership, you know? You gotta teach it, you gotta teach it. And, and it's up to that individual to embrace it, to take it on board and wanna be that person. Some are fantastic employees. Some are just fantastic um, people that don't, wanna, they don't want the title, they don't want the responsibility, they don't wanna... But it's also a good leader finds good leaders. You know, you identify good people to give them an opportunity and they're not a threat to you. That's when you're the smartest bloke because you're not worried about whether they're going to take your job or not. You want them to, yeah. you know, because that's, you're doing a great job, you yeah. know. What issues do you find 
like with with leaders you know that are kind of starting out or you know they're you know they're a couple years in and or they've got you know a few people under them like what are the what are the major issues that you're that you see I think every today it's a lot of everybody wants to be that other guy instead of being themselves you know I always say this as well you know success leaves clues have a look around you who's doing it better than you um, they may be doing some great things they may be doing some terrible things yeah. so take the good yeah. sift the bad and focus on you don't worry about what everybody else is doing but of course don't go to a gunfight with a knife either you need to know what in, you know you're, <laughs> you're entering the, the danger zone and what is that you know so what inspires you every day like um even 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 to now um has that changed from when you first kind of started you know you've you've had kids like is that hmm. is this something that you've always looked to or is it literally just I want to eat. Like I just, I'm grateful that I can eat. Like and yeah. that's as far. Do you have a big inspiration? Or yeah, look, we, I, I um, you know, I'm blessed to have my kids, and I had them young, you know, and um, my wife, that lady, you know, she's still hanging around. Mate. Yeah. I married her. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we celebrated yeah. 29 years last week. You know, oh, so that's amazing. It's a long time, you know, yeah. Yeah. older, longer than you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Only just, just, Only just, just, just you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I look, mate, I wake up every day pumped, you know, I wake up every day, uh, I'm a big believer, I plan the night before, in fact, I plan the week before and the month before, and I'm ready to go, you know, and I, and I wake up inspired and ready, and if I can give something back every day, and I find that I always do, somewhere, somehow, I don't know how, but it just happens, no matter what, you know, and um, I, I get excited by it, and I really um, love giving back and seeing people um, do so well, you know. I've connected a couple of people at the moment. They're doing an enormous deal, you know, these two guys. Uh, it's, you know, today it's probably not that big, but 300 million is a big deal, sort of. You know what I mean? I'm connected with this. They're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. do this big thing. And yeah. this has been six months in the making yeah. and chit-chatting. And now they're friends and now they're going to do business. And, you know, um, yeah, I get a clip out of that and whatever. But that's not the, that yeah, was not yeah, my yeah. drive. My drive was, I can, I'm telling you, I want to open your eyes, Chris. I want to, I want to see, to be able to see around corners. And a lot of them don't, they panic, and, but I've worked on them and it inspires me to know that today that these guys are actually gonna do something, you know, that it's worked. Have you always been like that? Like even growing up, like even right, so now, you know, you, yeah, in people's eyes, you're successful in regards to what you've achieved business-wise and you know, you've got a great family and, and all that jazz, but have you always been the guy that, um, you know, that's, that's wanted to, to give back or like, and I'm sure, I don't know, your people, you know, people have done some bad things to you where they've, you know, wronged you or stabbed you mm. in the back and things like that. And how do you kind of just like look at them and oh, not look, they're just pe yeah. humans in general and hold that trust mm. and still want to give back because a lot of people don't. Like you've, you're extremely successful. A lot of people don't want to sit down and no. provide value and, and, mm. and, and things like that. I think <clears throat> one of the big things in life, um, it's a big lesson, is forgiveness. And when you forgive, you, you don't carry that around anymore. You don't carry the garbage around. It's not your problem, you know? And I was, oh, I can't forgive. What about this? And then of course, every time you say these people go, well, what about those blokes that touch the kids? How do you forgive those, you know? Well, you know, I know a lot of blokes that run the prisons. I know a lot of blokes in prison, but I know a lot of blokes that are, you know, head of security and do different things in the prison. And you speak to them and they say, well, mate, you know, Harry, you probably don't want to hear this, but they're not mentally stable, these people. So when you hear that, it's not an excuse, yeah. you know? And I'm not telling you, but the, look, at the, look at the father in Sydney lost his kids. They got ran over, killed, you know? Was that the, by, 
you know, the junkie, drunk bloke, you know. Well, yeah, I think there's... Uh, he was invited to the Queen's funeral, right? Yeah, okay, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Was that the one with the four kids or Correct. something? Yeah, yeah, Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. He forgave. Yeah. He goes and visits the bloke in jail. You know? So if you don't... Ah, wow. Huge, yeah. huge, huge. Shit, yeah. But, mate, you know, again, you forgive, um, things become different, um, and you just got to keep giving back. Giving back is... You know, there's an old saying, um, receive without forgetting and give without remembering. You know, so if you want to do that thing, and a lot of people film it today, feeding the homeless. I get it. And it's good too because it inspires people to do something good. But if you're trying to get more followers or YouTube, yeah. whatever you're trying to do, good luck to you. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it doesn't matter. If you're doing something good, you're doing something good, right? Yeah. Different, people got it for different reasons. Yeah. But giving back today, um, you know, today giving back, people, it's not always put your hand in your pocket. It's me going, Chris, how are you going, brother? Like you ring me. The amount of people I send messages to saying, have a best day, have a beautiful day, hope you're well, whatever, whatever. And I get some people who say, why'd you send it to me? How did you know? Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but what I do know is that you're a good human. And it's one of my best sayings, you know, be a good human. Don't be an asshole, mate. Nobody likes an asshole. Hang around with a dickhead, you know, hang yeah. around with an asshole. Somebody that's rude and arrogant and carries on and, you know, I drive this car and I promote this and I watch this. I put the watch. Who cares, mate? Yeah. Fantastic for achieving it. Yeah. But are you, are you a good human? Because if you're a shit bloke, let me tell you, not many want to be around you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, it doesn't matter how much money you Yeah, have money, it doesn't matter, mate. Well, keep it. Enjoy yeah. yourself, you yeah. know? Go and spend it with your fake friends. Yeah. You true. know, I love them, mate. We spark Barbies in Brunswick in the back lane, you know? And we've got the vegans next door. We've got the bloody greenies across the road. We've got the lamb on the spit, chops, yeah. 400 sausages, you know? <laughs> we've got, we've got the lebs, we've got Turkish neighbors yeah. here. We've got the yeah. women who've got a fence. The, the fence is busted, <laughs> you know? You need milk. The door's always open, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Real community. Yeah. Not fake yeah. garbage and, you know, um, wanting to be something that we're not. What you see is what you get, mate. Yeah. I can put the suit on and put the best thing on and mix it up with the best of them and I can also wear shorts and thongs and still be the same person. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's been an amazing human being. And when you've got people around you like that, you know, they're not faking it and they're not somebody else, you're on a good thing. You have, you, have you always been this positive about life? Always. Or even I don't do negative. Yeah. In fact... Sometimes it drives my wife insane, yeah. you know, to the point where she's like, yeah, but it's not, yeah. but it's not good. And I said, yeah, it happened. Yeah. It happened, Who? big deal, you know, like, yeah. you can't change it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a funny, my wife, in fact, when I talk about my wife, you know, my father passed away, right? I said, oh man, my mum rings me, listen, come and, come and light the heater, your old man, the idiot's having a snooze, you know? And I'm about to start a big board meeting, people everywhere, you know, they go, oh, I know it's a cold day, in this stinky house in Brunswick, I'm thinking, if I don't go put that busted heater on, she's probably going to die too, freeze, right? <laughs> so I get there, I bolt there, and um, I look in the room, and there he is in the bed. I thought, mate, this bloke never sleeps all this. What's going on here? Anyway, so I go in, I go, get up, you old bastard, you know, in Greek, and he's like, well, and they talk, and I thought, oh, mate, we've got a problem here. I look at him, and he's had a heart attack. So, you know, I'm grabbing him, but it was funny, because the funny part about it was, I'm doing the, <clears throat> the CPR thing, I'm on the bed, the bed's going all over the joint. I'm like, I better get him on the floor, bang, call the ambos. I thought I better just get onto that straight away, you know? Yeah. So pumping the bloke, trying to get him going. Mum's screaming, put the bloody heater on. Yeah. The reason I'm telling you this is, look, he died, right? And, 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 and people say, he died in your arms. And the vision I have, and I'll never forget in my life, was not the fact that he died. I miss the bloke, of course, right? But my neighbour, who had a cigarette and a coffee with him every day, twice a day, 
you know, at the front. And they'd sit there, talk politics, you know, save the world. Yeah. <laughs> the bloke standing, I'll never forget at the front of my mum's, you know, the door, and he's just coming in and out, in and out. And he can see me pumping my dad, you know, and the tears running down his face and kept saying to me, I'm so sorry that I couldn't do anything. You know, yeah. that was more disastrous, you know. But the positive part of it was, we remember, I remember my dad for all the good stuff. You know what I mean? You're dead. What are you going to do, mate? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the end, what are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah. You can't do anything. And my wife goes, oh, you're cold. You didn't cry. And you're... I didn't have those tears. Yeah. I didn't have... What's the word? I don't know. I probably cried in five, ten years. I don't know. Fuck, Something might happen. I'm starting to cry for you. Fuck. You know what? It's like, Fuck. what do you do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But guess what? We had to get back to business, mate. Yeah. The business didn't close. Yeah. Uh, Mum still had to, and I didn't tell yeah. you, but you know, there's probably something that's, you know, something happened to us as young kids when I was 17. Mum was diagnosed with brain tumours. You're still alive today, right? She's got a half a head, one tooth, one arm, one leg. They're still going this lady, right? It's unbelievable, right? So it was, we would, what's the word? We're probably used to that drama, you know, that, not that drama, yeah. that. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know, that feeling or yeah, like, no, was yeah, saying, yeah. what do you do? What do you, yeah. so, so, so to my mum, what are you winching about? Yeah. You're still going, mate. Yeah. It's not like you don't know what's going on. All right, you've got a half a head, you've got a tooth, mate, big deal, you know? Yeah. You'll be positive about it. So if people like that are still kicking and going, yeah. who might have a whinge? Yeah. You're the blokes in Africa who've got nothing to eat. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's, and that's how yeah. I see it. Every day, that's how I see it. Well, I think there's like, what, three, 800 million mate, people still don't have yeah. access to clean, like, sewage water. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, water, like it's, it's well, yeah, it's yeah. a something with stats. I don't know it exactly, but like oh, we're yeah. living here, we're, yeah. we're extremely bloody fortunate. Yeah. Um, you got to do positive, Chris. Yeah, what's the alternative? Yeah, what is it? Yeah, negative, negative, miserable, literally. Yeah, it's raining, get an umbrella, mate. Yeah, but why is it like I feel like 90 something percent of the world, like negative it's is so loud, it's huge, it's so loud, positive. It's easy. Sympathy, we all want sympathy. Oh, come yeah. here, mate, you know, yeah. sorry to hear that. And, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. We want that, we want to belong. Yeah. But what we're failing to realize, we're belonging in, in, in things that don't matter. Because in the end, it's yeah. Chris versus Chris, mate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not Chris versus everybody else. Yeah. It's you versus everyone else. Because yeah. you go home, you talk to yourself more than you talk to anybody else. Yeah. You look at yourself in the mirror, you know what's right and wrong. We all do. Yeah. We all do, right? So um, I'll give you an example. So the bike just walked past, he probably gave me a parking ticket. So what? Yeah. It's half an hour, mate. Yeah. I'm gonna abuse the bloke. Yeah. Half an hour, that's it. He's paying his bills. Yeah. People don't see it that way. Oh, yeah, prick, you've done this to me. Well, did he? You did it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. You did it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He's just on the end of it. Just a bit of oh, abuse. Yeah. Right? So, no, that's an example. That's fair. It's fair, though. What's like the, um, the best piece of advice you've ever, ever gotten? It was really good. I got some advice from the then CEO of Qantas. A lot of people got the shits with Qantas, but I still reckon the best airline in the world, right? <laughs> but um, one of the best things he ever said to me was we, we quoted a job for him, right? And this was to do with, um, I can talk about it now, it was the Chappelle Corbys and all this stuff that happened, right? And he said the reason we had won the job was because of speed and flexibility. How quick we were, how flexible we were. How quick we were to, 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 to get back to them yeah. with the solution, and then how flexible we were along the journey. To, to, to you know accommodate what they wanted to doing and I took that everywhere to all my clients to every operation speed and flexibility how quick we are how flexible we are to fix it do whatever and I think that's a fantastic that's a fantastic piece of advice you know don't talk about it keep moving on keep doing what you've got to do I always call this thing KMF keep moving forward 
you know, we have a problem, KMF, mate, move on, you know, it's okay, you know. So the, when you say, obviously, flexibility, would that be more to just not like one size fits all to yeah, everyone and yeah. just just be willing to be agile? Because especially like at a company like that, like at a company your size, like I'd say like a lot of a lot of them are stuck in their ways or there's a lot of yes. decision makers in a sense. So it yep. is slow. Yes. Um, did you find even that you had this mentality that we were going to move fast? Did you ever find it difficult yeah. at some points yep. to 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 move fast and? Um, yeah. How would you navigate that? Yeah, you, you, I mean, you go on the journey with them. You yeah, know, okay. um, not one team. You know, we sorry, not two teams. It's one team. Yeah. So if I was protecting uh, Chris's enterprises, you know, it's your values, your brand, your th- your way of thinking, and that's why you want it done like that. And then we explain to you these are the reasons why we do it like this, yeah. and then we meet somewhere in the middle that's being flexible. Yeah. But let's not sit on it. Let's move. Let's move. Let's make that decision. So that was always like your main, like when you'd go in there and you'd obviously hold on it. That's what. Yeah. That was your main yeah. thing. Of like, let's. And don't panic. Yeah. All right. We we lose the job. You know, I, I'll give you this other piece of advice before I forget. You know, I'm getting old. Yeah. This, right? I'm not that old, but. Um, no, you're still looking good, mate. You know, I said to the bloke, Nivia, Nivia, put Nivia. I said to my, my son, laughing at that time, but um. Uh, you know, if you tender for something, right, you go for something, you do something, and you don't get it, right? You, you, no one will write to the client. I used to write to them, thanks for the opportunity to have tendered, wish you all the very best, you know, whatever, look forward to talking to you next time, but if a thing fails or whatever, and you need help, please call us, you know, sort of thing, thanks very much, see you later, love, love Harry, you know, send. People would write to them, ah, oh, you pricks, you're done there, we didn't get it, bastards, uh, corruption, they went with Johnny over there, Bob over there, you know, all this bullshit, I never did that. Because, mate, you can't lose something you haven't got. Yeah, it's true. It's not yours. Yeah. You didn't have it in the first place. If yeah. you got it, it would have been a bonus. Yeah. So what are you carrying on about? Yeah. I, um, I went this thing last week where, uh, so pretty much kind of tended out. It was for a, for a massive uh, marketing job for my digital collectibles that we're doing. And massive company. Everybody knows them. They're one of the biggest in Australia. Yep. And the, the hardest thing for me was, so... The owner of the company responded saying, let's go ahead. And then three hours later, mm. he pulls the plug and says, oh, we're going to, you know, we're not, we're not going to proceed anymore. Like, so I felt like I, I went all the way up in the sense I was like, yeah, it's like I was screaming. Yeah. And then just, I felt like I kicked straight in the balls. And yeah. um, for me, it was, it was, a, it was a situation of, um, I, 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 I did feel like that. And it just responded obviously kindly and I'm not, not rude and still going to obviously try and provide provide value and things like that but um i don't know like and i'm sure you've had situations like that like what did you do kind of moving forward and how did you how did you handle it all i had one and i'll tell you this i'll share this with you we won the mcg right so we won the security for the mcg and traditionally they wouldn't give you two stadiums so they wouldn't give you you know marble that it's called now an mcg because they saw it as a risk yeah but um i won it so done deal got it right uh to the point here's the contract read through it sign here right then i get a call from then the head of procurement. This is for the MCG, mate. One of the biggest, you know, the best. Yeah. Saying, let me meet you, I need to meet you, I want to talk to you straight away now, like immediately. It was, never forget him, I pissing down rain. This bloke had walked from the MCG all the way up nearly to the Hilton, drenched. He goes, it's okay. I said, mate, are you right or what? I thought something, you know. He goes, I'm just telling you so you know, a disgruntled uh, ex-employee of yours, who's a former policeman, 
has come in and just spoke to the CEO not to give you the work. Wow. Right? So they gave it to another company. I thought, wow, this, this, is, this is unbelievable, right? So we've popped the champagne, we're ready yeah. to roll, right? They've given it to a company that has no event, they did nothing, they're busted, right? Fast forward the story, um, I'll never forget that every media outlet had rung me because someone, I'm, I'm, I don't know who it was now, but leaked the story. That, you, that you'd got it? We got it, and yeah. this is what's happened. Oh, I guess the full, yeah. wow, This okay. is what's happened, you yeah. know, you, know, you want to bloody get onto this story. So they were ringing me, mate, let's do a story on these bastards. And then the CEO of the, the MCG rang me, and then, and then the general manager rang me and said, oh, Harry, you know, you know, so listen, let's not even go in there, let's not go there. I know what's happened, but I won't be talking to the media, and I wish you the best, and I hope that in the future, you don't forget us. It shouldn't have happened, but it's, it, let's move forward. My team was devastated, you know, though, and at that stage, we were a very big company, and they were like, let's do legals, let's go there, let's do this, you know. I'd be a little bit unprofessional for one minute. I wanted to send in the troops, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Turn the place upside down, you know. <laughs> Give me a bit of old school. Yeah. Run know. straight through. Just, uh, oh, let's see how good they really yeah. are, you know. And live in my business card, yeah. you know. But then I thought, you know, grow up. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but mate, you know, and I, and I sympathise with your story because you're getting told by the top and then the bottom. But today you'll find that, and, and a lot of your viewers will, will, will probably understand this, it's... Um, a lot of people are eating, and I'm a big believer that everyone's got to eat, but I uh, never, ever, ever, ever did we pay a client, did we bribe a client, give him a bag of money or anything like that, never. Um, take you to lunch, 100%, give you the corporate box, 100%, grog, give you some alcohol for you know, Christmas and all that, 100%. But today, and the more I see it today, it's unbelievable you know, what's happening out there. You know? Do you always get like a lot of a lot of characters coming to you and do this, do that, and? Oh, look, we always had um, different people wanting to do different things yeah. in in different areas of the business. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you do it once, you get contaminated. Yeah, you know, you nah, fucked. Nah, yeah. No need. No yeah. Need. How um, like obviously going into your decision to sell. Why, like, how did that decision come about? Um, was it a thing that you just kind of got this offer and you're like, oh my God, like maybe I should take it? Or was, were you thinking about it the whole time to. and you started, yeah. you started like putting the feelers out? Like, no, not really. We started to, we had this conversation and, and you know what? When I stopped acting like a security guard and acting like a businessman, which was, you know, a lot earlier than a lot of others, is I started to see the business and I thought to myself, it's either um, you get too big, too expensive. What am I going to do? I want to have an exit strategy. And, and a lot of people forgot this. When I started telling my, my managers and a lot of my you know, people that worked for me, I said, you got to remember, I've been doing this since I was 16, mate. I just turned 40 then. You know, I said, it's a long time. Seven days a week, two phones. I lived on the plane. Yeah. You know, Connors knew me by first yeah. name. I walk on there. They yeah. knew me. I had more freaking flyer credits, yeah. mate, anything yeah. you want. Every status, every chair, yeah. lounge, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah whatever. <laughs> the scones taste better there, yeah. Yeah, right, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not complaining, you know, I went yeah. from the, uh, this is probably the nightclub story, from the back door to the front door, you know, I went from sitting at the back of the plane to the front of the plane, because that's where the business is. There's nothing happening at the back, mate, you yeah. know? I'm just meeting the ordinary sales bloke who's just like me having a go. Yeah. The businesses get done at the front, so, I always had an exit strategy in my head. I wanted to hit 100, 100 yeah, million, yeah. and then go and have fun, enjoy my family, mate. I didn't see my kids, you know. I didn't really tell you this to start, but you know, my wife, my wife, come on, 
you're married to the business, mate. See you later. So she took off, you know, because I wasn't married to her. I didn't think anything different. I said, no, we're getting a car, houses, what do you call that? Yeah, cars, house, kids. What else do you bloody want? You know, isn't that the dream? Isn't that the, our yeah. dream? And it's just, no, the dream is to be with you, mate. Hang out with you a little bit, just a bit, you know? Yeah. And I didn't see that either. So there is a lot that happens on the journey. Um, and then, you know, I, I brought in smart people to run the business. I had the business people and the security boys, the security business and the business, they need to talk, you know, because I was running a good security company, I wasn't running a good business. Then I had to learn how to run the business and also run the security company, but also taught the business people how to be security yeah. because I didn't respect them. And I'll never forget bringing them out to a, a big event. I remember Monday morning, they were like, I've never seen anything like it. My feet are blistered, we're burnt, the violence, the trouble, all the stuff behind the scenes. I never see this stuff, you know? The amount of people getting locked up, people getting thrown out, but yeah, there are all these 600 people on the ground in a big operation, yeah. right? So we've got everybody talking, and to answer your question... We've got them from the clouds into the dirt. Into the dirt, mate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but but yeah. you know what happened? They, um, you know, made me realise that, do I really want to do this forever? And there's an old saying, Chris, fame or fortune. You know, do you want to be known as the biggest and the best, or do you want to make some bucks and be happily ever after because nobody's going to care later on. Everyone's going to get a job and I, yeah. I bless them and, I, and they will have, which is great, you know, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, now, obviously, that you did make the decision to sell it, did you, um, you know, you've obviously now started started a new business, but did you kind of just chill around for a bit? Like how, like not how really. was that transition? Yeah, no, not really. We, um, Look, when I sold the business, and I'm, I'm, I'm honest, Chris, so I don't, I don't, I don't tell bullshit, you know, we, um, we ran into a bit of a hurdle, and the hurdle was that we had some uh, people that were supplying staff to us that were paying cash, right? Um, they were friends of mine, I know, I know the, the boys, you know, and, and, and we had a bit of a, a drama, and as I said to you in the earlier part of this podcast, that um, I'm old school, mate, grew up in Brunswick, the old, not the Brunswick today, you know, the old school, um, talk. For me, there was no comment and it wasn't going to happen. And unfortunately, we got hit by the authorities and they wanted me to tip in these blokes. Uh, and in fact, the police that come to speak to me, one of them was my old guard. Wow. The bloke was in tears, you know. He says, mate, Harry, you know, you've got to, mate, you've got to sign these statements. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to sign nothing, mate, you know. I'd rather, that's why I could hold my head up high today and I'd rather have a bit of dirt over here, the people, the imaginary stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I always say this, if I was that bad, mate, these people, these massive clients that I had would still not be ringing me. Yeah. Uh, and an example of that was, you asked me the question of what did I do? And that was, um, you know, I got involved in an event called the Arnold Sports Festival. It's going to be my next question. Was it? Yeah. There you go. I, I read it. I read it. Yeah. <laughs> I read it off the screen. Nah. But that's what I did straight after, yeah. straight after the sale. And, and, and that's not what, what I was planning to do. But... Um, Tony Doherty down at Doherty's gym and I have been friends since 94 uh, when he moved from Bendigo to Melbourne. Myself and another friend of mine, Nick, we, we became like his first members, you know, and we've been mates ever since, you know, it was love at first sight, we was having a good laugh, you know. And um, the gym then was in a, a street called Union Street, nobody knew it, it was only a few of us used to go there. And then in, in Brunswick? Well, now it's in Western Street. It's a big. Okay, yeah. It was another one, you know. Because uh, he's got a few. There's. Um, there's a few. Well, there yeah. was a few. There was a city. city. Daniel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Camberfield. They yeah, sold Camberfield. Yeah. So then he said to me, "Man, I'm doing this thing, Arnold. I didn't know what he was talking about. Arnold, classic sports, bodybuilding, massive. <laughs> Whatever." Man, he's like looking at me like, "What do you mean you don't know about this? The whole world knows about this thing." <laughs> 
and we're bringing Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, we're going to do this. I said, done. Yeah, we'll oh, did he run the event? So he brought it. He yeah. brought it to oh, Australia. okay, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, he brought yeah. it to Australia. And uh, then I did some research, and then what I did realise was um, Tony knew a lot about bodybuilding, and a, and a lot, a little bit. He was running his own event called FitX and whatever, but fast forward the story, he gave me 14 items. I gave him like 140 items, and he looked at it and gone, shit, I'm missing all this. I said, mate, you're going to run this event. You need all these things. This is going to be huge. <clears throat> and it was sold out. Uh, the Melbourne Convention Centre there, completely sold. You couldn't move. It was unbelievable. So Arnold arrives in Australia. We, we look after him and entertain him and take him around, and we just click. We just become friends. You know, that was probably the, the reality of the whole thing. And I think he enjoyed the way that we operated. Uh, There's no muck around. Anything you needed done was done. That was in our blood. That's what we did all my life. You know, so um, he stayed on. We went for that famous bike ride in the city, and we got done for not having helmets. And <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we had a good laugh. And, and then um, he said, uh, you're coming to South Africa? And I was like, not really, in my head, you know? And then he's like, well, I'll see you there sort of thing. So I ended up in South Africa and in Hong Kong. Wow. And then I became partners with Tony. So we started doing these events here, there and everywhere. Oh, wow. And then um, I spent five years with Arnold on the road and doing different things in different countries of the world. Oh, that would be fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was exciting. Um, you know, and he's an amazing human. Um, he is uh, an so so smart um, and he's not an actor what you see is what you get a real funny man and um, gives you his attention um, um, and we learnt a lot and um, you know he just he just enjoyed our company so much so that I don't tell this a lot but he loved us that much that he sent us a watch you wow. send us all a watch to find Antonio's on so you can't buy those tank watches you know so they arrive saying thank you very much and he's to a long friendship so off we went, you know. That's insane. Yeah. What do you um? What do you feel like? What's one thing I don't know that you kind of got from him that you I don't know you learned or just something like yeah. something that you found interesting. It could have been yeah. like anything at all. I love his attention to detail, and I love the fact that he, if he's talking to Chris, then he's talking to Chris, and if oh, I tries to jump in, he'd be like, "Sorry, Chris, excuse me, you know, wait a minute," okay. and he'd be like, he'd be into you, engaged. Yeah. But he wouldn't tolerate fools either, yeah. you know? So he's very clever, very, very smart man, very astute. And in the end, you know what? He's a businessman. Yeah. And so be it, that's his brand, you know? And why not, you know? That's crazy and yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely an, a very interesting experience. Like five years on the road with, with someone like him. Yeah. Um, yeah, insane. But now uh, you've got life worldwide. Yes. So what is that? Um, you know, if yeah. and how can you know someone that's listening that yeah. could potentially be interested? Yeah, you know, yeah. how does it work? Well, life worldwide, as I said to you earlier, Chris, life leadership is for everyone worldwide, meaning it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I set that up to give back. You know, initially, um, and what I realised was uh, during my career in, in, in the business that I was, that's what I was doing. I was mentoring people, educating people, putting them back together again. You know, they're broken, put them back together again. And that's what this business does. Um, it connects you with a lot of people. It puts you back together again. It makes you um, re-energize, start loving life again. Stop doing, and you know, I always say to people, you know, like I'll ask you this, have you got a to-do list? Yeah. We all do, but have yeah. you got a don't-do list? Yeah. You know, nah. <laughs> a, lot people, a lot of people don't, right? And it's not something yeah. that, and it's not all the things that people think of. I so, don't have a don't-do list. That's yeah. Not... And people go, oh, well, 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 well I'm, not, I'm not gonna swear. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do drugs. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. Have the courage to be the difference. Have the courage to, if you, you want to be that media company, who is the best media company in the world and why? 
And this is what Life Worldwide does. It takes that deep dive. Um, it hits you, um, you know, it gives you those punches that, you know, you're not expecting uh, to make you the most incredible human being, you know, because in the end, why you? Um, a lot of the times, people do business with people they like. And I try to enforce that uh, with Life Worldwide with everyone that I meet, you know. And nobody wants to hang do business with an asshole, mate, you know. I'll buy that one thing off you and never see me again, you know. And let me tell you, I won't be telling anyone either, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you don't want that, you yeah. know. Or those people that have got that problem, that, that stigma, that bring them back to earth, calm them down, you know, um, reshape them, tell them. Because in the end, I've got nothing to lose. Whether you want to be part of my program or not, it doesn't matter. What matters to me is that I've given you everything I can possibly give you to, um, you know, to make you that better person. And, and I always start with the stuff at home. You know, you're married, you've got a partner, you've got kids, what are you doing, this, that. Cheating, playing up. No one trusts a cheater, mate. Well, would I trust you? Yeah. Cheating, ah, it's having a mate, it's playing up a little bit. Yeah, I've got a girlfriend here. Well, no, no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, I've got another saying there, who was build up an appetite, go home and eat, you know? Yeah. Then, doesn't work. Nobody wants to be around that rubbish, you know. Yeah. And that's what life all does. It, uh, you know, I'm on the social. I might do a couple of videos, or I love them. You do. Yeah. You, I was literally <laughs> going to mention that as well. Yeah. Next, <laughs> they're bloody good, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it just there's nothing scripted. It just whatever's happening is happening. The week that I've had, and the people that I've met, and the things that I've done. Um, and I, that's me just giving it back, you know. And people, I've had mass, and I mean, I've got some. I've got some really good friends in some huge, uh, and we can talk about it offline, like media companies and big organisations, platforms that do different things. And then, I'll get you millions of, I'll do this, I'll do that, and we can do this. I say, I want that, mate. Whatever I've got is real. I'm not buying anything. I don't want to be there. I'm not going to, not going to promote my car and the, the thing I live and I've done there. Who cares, mate? You know what I mean? Like, well, you're going to get a nice sort of big Rolex in yeah, front of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, there's no. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's real, man. Mate of mine's head of security down at the yeah. Melbourne airport. He sort of now does Essendon. He's a consultant, actually, yeah. I should say. He's not the head. But I, I, I didn't know. Maybe I was the only person in Australia that didn't know that they rent to take the photos and do the fake jet things and the cars. I didn't know that, man. You know what? crazy. I'm having a coffee with him. Because I do walk and talk. Yeah. I love doing that. You know, yeah. let's go for a walk, Chris, and talk it off, you know? Yeah. If you're going to tell me something interesting, I'll leave the phone in the corner. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to fix it, right? Yeah. And then I said to him, Who's here? Like, I thought I was a celebrity, you know, like, and he goes, nah, they're filming. I said, well, what are you talking about? He's telling me, you thought I was a, like I was from another planet. <laughs> because they're the fake Instagrammers. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> so for me, it was like, wow. Okay. Yeah, man, they go hard. Like, yeah. they, they hire or of like a plane for the day. Yeah, <laughs> like, good luck. But, but it, it's causing a lot of damage because people are looking at it. Like, imagine you're a 16, 17, 18, 25, 30-year-old struggling in life yeah, yeah and you're looking you're looking at them like oh look at what they've got the rolexes the, yeah, the planes like, yeah. it's damaging um, look it's damaging and i think the the wrong people send the wrong message but you know the people that have made it and again success leaves clues yeah why don't have the best car yeah why hide it you know yeah i was laughing i went and, i wanted to buy a bentley i went and bought a bentley you know like walked in in shorts and thongs and it was boiling it was boiling the bloke didn't talk to me you know <laughs> And then you know, we became best mates, right? And um, it was a long story to that one. But I, you know, and he says, what do you mean? I said, that car there, I want it now, I'm buying it. That's it, non-negotiable, you know? But of course, straight away, oh, he's a drug dealer. You know, he's this, yeah. he's that, he's this, and this. In Brunswick, nobody had a Bentley in Brunswick, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah. But I'll take it anywhere. Yeah. Coles, Sable, anywhere, yeah. I couldn't care less, right? <laughs> 
But I'll never forget taking it for a service and the, and the, the service bloke goes, oh, Mr. Corris, you know. I said, don't call me Mr. Corris, what are you talking about? Yeah. He says, oh, two things. I've never had a Bentley, you know, do so, go so fast. They put in the computer, they're like, whoa, you know. Good to see you driving the car, but it's doing too many kilometres. And I said, what do you want to do? Leave it in the garage. Yeah. You know, what do you want to be fake it? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. I think that's different. Yeah. You are who you are, you know? Yeah. And if it's doing good, fantastic. But if you're faking it, you're only kidding yourself. Yeah. You're damaging you and your brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, well, yeah, it's social media. We're going into an interesting world, but yeah, <laughs> I'm well, sure that there was always, you know, it's it's you can't you can't stop it. Like there's yeah. you know, people just I don't know, like I think you just you said it you said it before in a different context that you know people just kind of want to feel something they want to kind of yeah get yeah. you know people belong. to yeah belong yeah so um, uh, pretty much just to kind of kind of wrap this up. Where do you see yourself going in the next 20, 20 30 years? Like mm. how do you see it all playing out yeah. Um, yeah. with yourself? Like do you want to build this business into something? into something huge or is there something else that, that that's kind of <laughs> like yeah. yeah yeah look i um most recently got involved in a couple of other businesses and you know um i'll make sure that they they will do the things that uh, we said we're going to do for them number one um and and number two of course this my life worldwide business is going really well um i will continue to give back and somewhere along this journey i'm, I'm going to turn it around a bit and, and change it and create a place where people can come and network. People can come, you know, we do a lot of different things, like we do a thing called Lunch and Learn, um, where, you know, we, you turn up and we, we could guest speakers and different things happening, and um, it's an exciting um, event, right? But we're gonna do a couple of bigger events, um, cheap, you know, when I say yeah. cheap, affordable, is probably yeah. the right word. Yeah. <clears throat> Not a massive ticket, 50 bucks, you know, just to pay the costs. Yeah. But and bring some amazing speakers to give back because I think the more we give, um, the better it becomes and the message gets out there more. 100%. And it's good for business too, right? Yeah. So we'll pick up and then those big groups will make them into small groups, working groups. Yeah. And have a, um, I've got some people that have come to me that are huge investors, big players, you know, big corporates yeah. that have, uh, would love to invest into some young guns. So I'd like to start introducing them to, to the right people to make the right decision from the start. Amazing. And in there, you would have the legals, the contractual, so that you're not getting robbed. You're not getting, you know, your, your IP's protected. Everything's done the right way, because that one thing could be the biggest thing that happens, right? And if you can't see it and you're starving and you're not sure and you're uneducated, they swallow you up. Yeah. And let me tell you, these corporates are ruthless. They don't care, it's all about yeah. the dollar. Yeah. And if somebody, you've got the right person in your corner, and I always say sometimes, you know, we go to these meetings and say, Chris, you better put your mouth guard in for this one. You know, we're going to just be careful what you say, how you say it. And we'll take a few punches, but we'll roll with it and just see, don't get desperate. And just educating them, you know, preparing them to go in for these um, uh, serious meetings, you know, and grooming, that's yeah. another thing. People just try to trend, yeah. go with the trend. But when you go into the old money, it's not about trending, it's about presenting yourself the way you should, you yeah. know, and... You go casual, you become a casualty, mate. Yeah. And this is what Life Worldwide um, has been doing, will be yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, and probably right at the end, it's just, um, oh, I've got a little thing cooking overseas somewhere that um, I think I'd find myself doing a lot of work over there. So, yeah. Is it uh, Europe? Is it, uh, no, more no. Asia. Okay. It's Asian in Asia. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, like, you're opening up, some, I don't know, something down in Greece. Down in Greece, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> well, that'd be good. <laughs> oh, that, that's amazing, man! Like, yeah. Harry, 
you have provided so much value today. Like I, I really appreciate uh, it. And for you. anybody um, that has been listening and has enjoyed it, um, you can find Harry on Instagram, Harry yeah, Corris. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, K O R R A S, which yes. will, it will be in the. Um, you can re- obviously on the YouTube link as well, and I'll I'll link your socials in there. You know, yeah, I've been following good. you since uh, the night at the business table, so it's probably about three, four months. Yeah. five months yeah somewhere there and uh every day harry you're posting value whether it's uh whether it's just an inspirational quote or whether it is your videos that you do post yeah. and um you know i do i do watch it like and i i think i've i get value out of it sometimes that you you post something that kind of gets me for the day that i've been feeling or something <laughs> like that so good, good. um yeah firsthand you've been providing me a lot of value and even on this podcast, you provide a lot of value. So thank you so much for taking nah, the look, time out. And, thank you. Um, it's, it's been great. Fantastic, Chris. Thanks for doing what you're doing and keep punching, mate. Thank you're you very much. Thanks. Thank you.